Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents part one of his series, The Nine Gifts of the Holy Spirit. All right, so this morning I want to talk to you about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it should last about four weeks total so we can cover everything that I believe we need to cover. Now, I taught on this last summer just over a year ago and planned on waiting a while before I taught it again. But that was before the vision I had on October 10th, 2020. And let me just share it real quickly. I think most people here have heard it, but just in case, I'm going to share the vision with you. If you look at the graphic I have, it's not exactly right on the title, but it does have a wrapped gift, which is what I saw in my vision. 6.45 on the morning of October 10th last year, I was laying in a bed with my wife. She was sound asleep. I opened my eyes. I was wide awake, and I really didn't have time to think about anything, and I shut my eyes again, and I was in a vision. And in the vision, my wife and I were standing in the living room, and we were looking toward the foyer of our house where the stairwell comes down and the front door is located. And inside the front door, someone had stacked up a pile of wrapped gifts that was so high, they were higher than the doorpost. In fact, there was at least one gift that was bigger than the door. And they were wrapped, and they were sitting there inside our front door. And I turned to my wife in the vision. I said, look, somebody's delivered gifts to our house. Let's go find out who sent them. So I went over there, and I couldn't find a, a from But I found the two, and every one of them had two, faith, life, fellowship. Every gift was addressed to faith, life, fellowship. And I told my wife, look, all the gifts are addressed to faith, life, fellowship. And then I came out of the vision, and I began to ask the Lord, what is going on here? (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, I've had nine months to ponder this vision. Isn't that coincidental? And I've come to the conclusion that God wants us to believe Him for supernatural gifts to be loosed here in our congregation at Faith Life Fellowship. And since you were on the gift as an addressee, you have a stake in this. I'm asking you to believe God with me for these things to manifest over the weeks and months ahead. Amen. Now, as I've meditated for the last nine months, the Lord has indicated to me that these will be gifts of people, gifts in people, and gifts operating through people. So ever since that vision, I have sensed the leading of the Lord to teach again on the gifts of the Spirit. And one of the reasons I believe now is the right time is because it's become increasingly evident to church leaders and prophets, preachers and teachers all over the land, that we are on the verge of what many call a third great awakening. Amen. And part of that great outpouring involves a resurgence of signs, wonders, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to educate ourselves on such things or refresh our understanding of such things. Amen. The other reason I believe now is the right time is this. When God shows you a supernatural vision like the one that I just described, He intends for you to latch hold of that vision, to come into alignment and agreement with that vision because that's what God wants for your life. 
Evidently, that's what God wants here at Faith Life Fellowship. So you need to partner with me and partner with Trish and believe God for these things to manifest in our church, just like they already have this morning. Amen. So I'm inviting you this morning to take ownership of this vision since it really was addressed to you. I'm inviting you as a congregation to join with me by faith as we go through this series and contend for and believe for signs, wonders, miracles, and gifts of the Spirit to break out in a major way here at Faith Life Fellowship. And I believe our rallying call should go something like this. Be it unto us, Lord, as you have shown us in the vision. Amen. All right, so before we can get into a detailed discussion of the nine gifts of the Spirit, I believe we need to lay a foundation and we need to, we need to talk about the nine fruit of the Spirit. And in order to lay that foundation, we need to remember what happened to us when we got born again. When we got born again, we didn't just change our religious philosophy. We didn't just adopt a heavenly list of do's and don'ts. No, we were changed fundamentally on the inside in our spirit when we got born again. The Bible says we became just like God in every respect on the inside in our spirit. Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Most of the references here today will be New King James, I think all of them. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, to be in Christ is to have him abide in you. To be in Christ is to be born again spiritually. And the Bible says you're a new creation And some say the text uh, sort of leads us to believe that you're a new creation that never before existed without precedent. Somehow or another, I do not confess to understand the mechanics of this, but God was able to yank out your old dead spirit and put in a new live spirit, a new man or a new woman that was created in righteousness and holiness just like God. Now, that's difficult for us to get our hands around, our arms around, because we know us and we know that we're not perfect human beings. That is in our whole makeup, spirit, soul, and body, right? So you have to turn to the Word to reassure yourself that something righteous and holy lives on the inside of you. Ephesians 4.24, the Apostle Paul says that you need to put on the new man. Put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So whether you believe it or not, whether you feel it or not, there's a new man or a new woman on the inside of you that is as righteous and holy as God. Now the challenge, as I've said many, many times before, of the Christian walk is this. We've got to get what's on the inside to show up on the outside to start in your spirit, to permeate your soul, and eventually affect your body. Isn't that right? That's the Christian walk in a nutshell. Amen. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10, along these same lines, Paul says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Amen. 
For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So if you walk in and you draw on the light that is in you, the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of that light will help you live a life that's acceptable or pleasing to the Lord. If you walk in the goodness, the righteousness, and truth that really does reside on the inside of you, it will help you bring that new man from the inside to the outside. And speaking of that new man, there's no place in the Bible that sums up the characteristics of that man better than the fruit of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So let's turn to that. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So all of these things live on the inside of you if you're born again, if Jesus is your Lord. And whether you see them manifest or not, Half the battle to walking in this truth is knowing that those things dwell on the inside of you in the first place. If you get that revelation, it makes it easier to tap into what is inside of you. Amen. So later on in the series, we're going to get into a very in-depth study of the nine supernatural gifts of the Spirit. These are gifts that you can operate in as a Spirit-filled believer as the Holy Spirit wills. So partly as a preview of things to come, but also to give you a basic understanding of the gifts, I'm going to read the list of these gifts found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 10. That is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8 through 10. And what I'm going to do as I go, as I'm going to give you a brief description of what the gifts are all about. I don't have time to go into detail. That's what the next three weeks are all about. Amen. All right, verse 8 says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. So these, these things are wisdom and knowledge imparted to you that you had no way of knowing except the Holy Ghost revealed it to you. All right, so a word of wisdom is just exactly that. Just like a word is part of a sentence, but not the sentence. A word of wisdom is a parcel or a part or a fragment of wisdom, not all wisdom, about a person, a people, a place, or a thing that is, generally speaking, future-oriented. And then word of knowledge, again, is a part, a parcel, or a fragment of knowledge about someone that involves their present tense or past tense realities. A person, a people, a place, or a thing. That is word of knowledge. Verse 9 says, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Now, the gift of faith mentioned here at the beginning of verse 9, just by virtue of the fact that this gift is listed as a supernatural gift, tells us this is something over and above our everyday walk of faith. We all have a measure of faith, and that's not what's being talked about here. This is something that takes your measure of faith, whatever level of faith you happen to be operating in at the time in your day-to-day life, and boost it to a higher level supernaturally to meet a need that is in front of you. And the Lord deems you the only available vessel. It has happened to me a couple of times. Very awesome, very thrilling. 
I'll share in more detail later. And then it talks about gifts of healings. Generally speaking, gifts of healings manifest by the Spirit, and healing will flow through you into another person's body, whether you pray for them, whether you lay hands on them, whether you declare over them, whatever the delivery method. It is gifts of healings that start a healing process in your body for something. And usually it's gradual over a period of time. Amen. To another, the working of miracles, verse 10. Now, miracles kind of, in my view, are two categories. Number one, you got violations of the laws of the natural universe, like Jesus walking on water. That violates the law of gravity and also violates the density of water. Okay, so on two fronts, you're breaking laws of the natural universe. How about when he stood in the boat and he spoke to the waves in the wind and they were calm? He interrupted natural flow of the weather patterns with the authority that was vested in him and the weather changed. Or how about changing water to wine, something that's completely chemically different than water, and he did it by violating the conservation of matter and energy. Amen. Hallelujah. Had to throw a little science in there somewhere. Another category of miracles is when a healing manifests instantly or almost instantly. And I've had several occasions in my life where I prayed for people that were sick and I saw instant manifestations and it was thrilling and it was awesome. Amen. All right. Then you've got prophecy. Now, prophecy is a little bit more complex and a little bit more detailed than I want to get into today. But at its very basic core, prophecy is intended to edify, exhort, or comfort a person or a people. Okay? And that's as far as I want to get into it this morning. All right. To another discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits, if you look at the original Greek language, actually means to see into the spirit realm. To see into the spirit realm. You actually see things like demons or angels or the Father God or the Lord Jesus. And I've operated in that gift many times. As opposed to discernment, which doesn't, doesn't necessarily require that you see something, but you can walk into a room and realize that an evil spirit's at work or somebody's motives are not correct or not honorable. You pick up on it in the spirit. That's discernment. But strictly speaking, discerning of spirits of seeing, it's seeing into the spirit realm and determining whether a spirit is of God or not of God. I'll give you one wild story that happened to me many years ago when Trisha and I were living in Minden, Louisiana. We had our two young daughters, Marcy and Alicia. They were both toddlers. Stephanie wasn't even born yet. And we lived in a little log cabin that we rented that was on the back of a national forest. I mean, behind our backyard was national forest for miles and miles and miles. So there were critters. There were scorpions. There were tarantulas. We had scorpions get in the house on a regular basis. We had a tarantula get in there one time. We had coyotes all up in our backyard. So we had to make sure our little dog didn't stray too far from home. It was just kind of a little scary place. <laughs> it was. You know. I thought, why did we rent this place? You know? I don't even like sleeping in this place by myself. So my wife and I are asleep on the bed. I'm on the left-hand side. She's on the right-hand side. On the back wall were two windows, one on the right and one on the left. And they were tall windows that almost took up the whole wall. And I woke up one morning and I looked at the left window just in time to see an angel fly into the room. 
he flew right through the window and then stood next to my bed, and then he reached down and he put his hands on my shoulders and pressed into my human body, grabbed my human spirit shoulders, and started pulling me out of my body. I was like, wait, 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 what are you doing? Well, I'm here to take you for a ride. You'll love it. Come with me. I'll show you many things. I immediately discerned in my spirit that he was not from God. I mean, he was bright. He was shiny. He was wearing white. He had wings. He was textbook angel, yet he was not from God. The scripture says Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. And I picked up on it and I said, I'm not going anywhere with you because you are not of God. You know what he did? He said, well, all right then, and slammed me back into my body. Weirdest experience I've ever had. And then he walked over to the window and he flew out. I often wonder how messed up I would be today if I had gone for a ride with that guy who was not of God. That's discerning of spirits. And thank God it was operating in my life at that time. Amen. To another, different kinds of tongues. This means either earthly or angelic or heavenly languages that you know how to speak and you never learned how to speak. Amen? That's all I'm going to say today because it's a little bit more involved than that. And then the companion gift is interpretation of tongues where you have the ability to hear somebody speak in an earthly language that you don't know or a heavenly angelic language and be able to interpret what they've said. Amen. So that's a little teaser for you. But we will spend the next three weeks going through all of these gifts one by one with scriptural examples and personal examples of myself and other people in my life that will let you know that these gifts are the real deal and they are legit. Amen. Hallelujah. So these gifts are exciting and powerful. And trust me, there's no thrill quite like the thrill when you're operating in the supernatural gifts of God. There's nothing like it. Let me illustrate with a story from my past. Indulge me. Years ago, when I was training to be a fighter pilot, I was first learning how to fly fighter jets. I was in Alamogordo, New Mexico, Holloman Air Force Base, and I was learning to fly fighter aircraft. And one of the last sorties that I flew was a solo low-level to a bombing range. And I was rejoicing in that because most of the sorties you flew in this program were with instructors sitting in the back, getting all in your business, telling you how to fly your jet. So I relished the fact that I was going to be in the jet solo and nobody could tell me how to fly my jet. So I was in a formation of four, and we did a trail formation, basically, which strings you out four in a row. We had an instructor in the lead aircraft, students in two, three, and four, and I was number four. And I tell you what, after we got out of the local air traffic and got out over the desert, we pushed it up, and we were going 600 miles an hour over the desert floor at 500 feet. Sometimes we would dip down to as low as 200 to 300 feet. And I'm telling you right now, we had fun when we got to the bombing range, but I had fun getting to the bombing range going 600 miles an hour, 200 feet over the desert floor. And I'm telling you right now, it's the biggest rush I've ever experienced in my natural life. And I remember squeezing the stick and the throttles because I knew that if I made one wrong move, pulse the stick in the wrong direction, within seconds I'd be in the dirt and dead. 
So I got this thrill going on, but at the same time, I'm thanking God. I said in the cockpit, I said, oh, Father, thank you for letting me do this. This was my childhood dream. People told me I would never do this, and now I'm doing things that people told me I would never do, and I want you to know I appreciate it, and I will never forget it as long as I live. And I haven't. That's been many years ago. But as thrilling as that was, and like I said, I'll never forget it as long as I live, it is nothing compared to the experience of walking in the gifts of the Spirit and seeing God move through you to bring healing, deliverance, a word of encouragement to someone who desperately needs it. There is just nothing like it. Nothing. So let me balance all that with this statement. A born-again, Spirit-filled believer will never operate powerfully in the supernatural gifts of the Spirit without first developing the nine fruit of the Spirit in their life and ministry. And if the essence of the fruit of the Spirit is the love of the Father God and the gifts of the Spirit are an extension of that love, Walking in love is absolutely vital if you want to operate in the supernatural gifts of God. Your motivation has to be the love of the Father God, not so people can see how powerfully you move in the gifts. Your motive is wrong if that's what you're thinking. If you're not willing to pursue the love walk that Jesus pursued when he was on the earth, you are not likely to duplicate his miracle ministry in your life. So if you want to operate in the nine gifts of the Spirit, then place an emphasis on developing the nine fruit of the Spirit in your life and in your ministry. Listen, embrace what's been placed. Embrace what's been placed on the inside of you and make a determination that you're going to walk in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love is your major impulse, your major motivation if you really want to be successful in walking in the gifts. It's the cornerstone of all the fruit of the Spirit. You know, all the other things mentioned there in verse 22 and 23, after love, they emanate from the love of God, which has been shed in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, Romans 5.5. Without love, The gifts of the Spirit will not come forth as powerfully and as effectively as you want or as He wants. So let me show you that in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8, the so-called love chapter. Now, this chapter can be applied generally to our daily love walk, and it often is, but chapter 13 was sandwiched between chapter 12 and chapter 14 for a reason. Hear me out. Chapter 12 is all about the gifts of the Spirit. Chapter 14 is all about tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. And right in the middle is chapter 13, which talks about love and how to administer these gifts in the love of the Father. I like to think about it like this. you got gifts to the left and gifts to the right, and right in the middle, central to it all, is walking in love. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's read it. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. 
In other words, if you speak in tongues and your motivation is not love, you're just making noise. Verse 2, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Amen. Hallelujah. So what I want to do with the remainder of the message today is take a one last look at the fruit of the Spirit there in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And even though we're going to cover the gifts of the Spirit in more detail later, I want to do something that I've never heard anybody else do except for me. I'm going to marry some of the fruit of the Spirit with some of the gifts of the Spirit in scenarios that often arise when you're walking in that realm. So let's read Galatians 5, 22 and 23 one more time, and we'll use that as a jumping off point. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All right, so the first one is love. And pretty much everywhere the phrase, the love of God is used in the New Testament, I think there's one exception. You find one word, agape. It is a Greek word that means the God kind of love. So the gifts of the Spirit are an extension of the love of God for hurting mankind. He wants to encourage, he wants to save, he wants to deliver, he wants to heal. God wants you to move in the gifts more than you do because he knows it's all about loving people. Amen. Joy and peace. When you walk in joy and peace that God has put on the inside of you, when you minister in the gifts of the Spirit, you can extend joy to others through the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? You can extend joy and peace as you operate in the gifts of the Spirit. A word of encouragement, a word of confirmation, a word of exhortation given to someone at exactly the right time can bring joy and peace to a troubled mind. Hang with me just a little while longer. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness. Sometimes when we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you have to be long-suffering. You have to suffer long with some people. You have to have patience. What I find out is when people know you operate in the gifts, they begin to pull on you sometimes. Do you have a word for me, Brother Scott? And I always like to tell them, yes, get in your Bible and read it. Every crisis you face will not be solved by a word from the Lord. So get in your Bible and then let the gifts of the Spirit operate as He wills. Listen, there's one thing I've learned concerning words of the Lord. You can't manufacture one. If you try, you're going to look silly and you're going to fall on your face. So don't try. If you don't have a word for somebody, just say, I'm sorry, I don't have anything. Seek the Lord. Pray. He'll talk to you. So you have to be willing to treat people like this with kindness 
anyway and do your level best to show them the goodness of God. All right, faithfulness. Actually, in the original Greek, it is the word faith. So we're talking about a measure of faith which is in you as a fruit of the Spirit. And sometimes that faith, as I said before, can be boosted to a higher level of faith to meet a need that your level of faith isn't up to speed and able to meet. Amen. We'll talk about that more uh, as we get into the gifts. Amen. All right. Gentleness. Actually, in the Greek, it's humility and meekness. You know, remember, meekness does not mean weakness. To be meek means to be teachable, to be humble. So when the Lord starts using you in the gifts of the Spirit, don't get lifted up in pride. Stay humble. Stay meek. Stay teachable. Realizing it's not your power, but it's God's power working through you. Never lose sight of that fact. Don't think of yourself more highly than other people who are not operating in the gifts the way that you are. Because there's always somebody that's operating at a higher level than you are. Finally, self-control. When you're in a church service or a prayer meeting or a gathering of believers and the gifts start manifesting and you've got a word in your heart, it's burning, it's churning. You may have even gotten it before you got to the group and your heart starts beating and you start getting sweaty because you're waiting for the opportune time for you to give that word to the people so they'll be blessed mightily. And then the pause comes and somebody jumps up and gives the exact same word that you had. Raise your hand if you've had that happen to you. It can be frustrating, amen? But listen, at times like that, you got to exercise self-control and realize that the Holy Spirit's job was done. The word was loosed. He had more than one person that he gave that to just in case somebody freaked out and was too afraid to give it, okay? So at times like that, you have to exercise self-control, submit to the spiritual leader in that assembly, and trust that you'll be given an opportunity to give that word or another word at some other time. Amen. Now, this exact scenario, by the way, is described in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, which we'll be getting into as the series progresses. All right. That about wraps it up for this session. Remember, if you want to move powerfully in the supernatural gifts of the Spirit, you have to be willing to develop the supernatural fruit of the Spirit in your life and in your ministry. One more time, I'm going to list them out, but this time the way the original Greek lays them out. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith, humility, self-control. Amen. So now that we've laid the foundation of walking in the fruit of the Spirit, next week we'll start diving deep into the nine supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed part one of Dr. Forrest's message, The Nine Gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 10 a.m. for Coffee and Fellowship and 10.30 for Worship and Service. If you would like to learn more about us and hear more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website 
at GoFaithLife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at FaithLife Wilmington.